football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Second hour of Bink at Night here on 610 Sports Radio. The Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. If you want to weigh in on anything that we talk about tonight, the Jay's Southland Tow Service text line 913-586-7610. And Julio, I did not look that up on the board or on the little piece of white paper we got here on the on the screen for the phone. I didn't glance over it. I was watching I was watching Jason Katz walk out. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Because I know the number. Mm -hmm. You don't don't know that app name though, do you? I said Odyssey. This time. I I botched it the last time I said it. I, 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 I botched it the last time, but I, I got it right this time. Congratulations. So, NHL draft, I think they've, what, five or six picks in? Shane Wright was taken by the Kraken. Who? Shane Wright. I don't know any of these players. I, I don't know a single player. The only player I can name off the top of my head for my favorite team, the, the, uh, the um, Golden Knights, is Matt Stone. That's it. But that's your favorite team, right? Yeah. I just got into, like, I, I, I've had What's the, team? I like the Golden Knights because I like their colors. I think they have a cool logo, nice colors. I don't that's really watch like them. them. Let's be real. Yeah. That is the. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, well, I, have, I'm not, I don't mean to be sexist. I have but that is the most female-ish answer <laughs> of, like, I like the picking NCAA tournament teams because of their mascot or. That's actually a good. I mean, it's look, that's just as good as, as judging them based on their performance during the regular season. I mean, because the, let's be honest here. They usually do better. In they the, usually <laughs> do better in the tournament. Man. <laughs> that's it's, true. That is, it is ju- that if you want to pick teams based on whose mascot would kill the other one, that's just as good as looking at doing all the number crunching and looking at all the rankings. It's just as good because nobody gets that stuff right. Yeah, it usually doesn't end well. But yeah, I'm, I'm keeping up here. Uh, Cutter Gauthier, Gauthier was taken by the Philadelphia Flyers. Who? I, I don't know his name. I think I think they said he was from Sweden. That's so nice. I think that's nice. I can't I can't see that. I don't have my glasses on. But uh I believe that is uh the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets right now are on the clock for the NHL draft. It's actually a big thing, man. No one cares. It's a big thing. Look no at, one do, cares. If y'all are because they look, there ain't nothing else on TV tonight. There's you're nothing else. In NBA talk. You're bringing in NHL draft <laughs> dude, this talk. Is, this is you're the, trying to bring in. These are the dog days of summer, dog, dude. Man, what is going on here? These are the dog days of summer. I thought you were prepared man. for this. I was prepared for, these for three this. hours. Man. I was prepared for this, dude. Nonsense. People care, at least in Montreal, because no they're doing it in Montreal. They care yeah, about because this. that's the only place that cares about hockey. No, they care about it in Vancouver. They care about it in Toronto. You're, okay, so more Canadian places. Thank no, you. they more care. Canadian they cities. care about it in places here in the United States. Vegas, they care about it there. Do they? Yeah, they do. Give them, give them another couple years of not making the playoffs, and let's see how relevant they stay. They made the playoffs their first four years. They okay. won the Stanley Cup their first year. Again, give them I another just learned two, this. three, four years. I just of learned not this like ten hours ago. But yeah, they they yeah, made exactly. it. <laughs> Thank you. Still, I'm a I'm a I'm a tried and true Vegas Knights fan. Well, let's get to the uh, let's get to Julio's web hits. All right, I want to I want to start this one off with. Uh, this is a really tremendous moment. I think we, I think it, it needs to be the headline of, of web hits here because it really, it truly is amazing. So uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, speaking of Las Vegas, 
uh, have named Sandra Douglas Morgan the number as two their, team. No, as their new team president. So she will uh, be the first African American woman uh, to be named uh, team president in NFL history. That's a that's a pretty big monumental moment. That man. is, and Raiders, it's. Man. I mean, look. I hate the Raiders, but that's a good move. We all do. I'm very proud. I'm very proud for them doing that for the culture. I it makes it hard for them for me to hate them. A hundred percent. I do. I mean, I still want them to lose all their games. I still want the Chiefs to go out there and smack them twice a year like they did this past season. But you know, as dysfunctional of an organization as they are, and as much as I dislike them as a franchise, they are known for being one of the most, if not the most progressive NFL team or franchise in the NFL. Marshall, Hugh, uh, not Hugh, Hugh Jackson, Carl Nassib. Um, Yep. I mean, they, not only that, I mean, they, they went out there and had Reggie McKenzie as their general manager. Then he got ran out by John Gruden. John Gruden said some racist and homophobic stuff, got ran out of town. You know, but like that's an organization that has been very diverse. I Mike I appreciate Mayock, that putting him in in the position he Mike was. Mike Mayock was trash. He, he was, he but was per, they also there took was a nothing groundbreaking on, about taking the guy who was who was I mean, botching mock drafts out. on it NFL didn't work out, but Kudos for them. <laughs> there was, there was nothing groundbreaking about taking the guy who was doing mock drafts there, there, on I NFL mean, there, Network. There was. It was different. It didn't work. It just <laughs> it did didn't not work. work. He was just he was just a he was just a puppet general manager for for uh, uh, John Gruden. Anyways, what's next, Leo? Stop making me feel good about the Raiders. All right, let's move on then. I'm I'm gonna not let you feel good about anything that has to do with Las Vegas. Um, next, John Morant. Apparently, he is the uh, I don't know I don't know how to take this one. Black Jesus and a five hundred dollar tip. So we're on one end of the spectrum, then we go to the other. Um, but this is, a, this is a fun little clip. Did you see it right? Yeah. Who are you, though? It's Black Jesus. You who? Black, Black Jesus. Jesus. Now, you, you some kind of professional. You play football, basketball, or something? Basketball. What school you went to? I'm not from here. You're not? Where you from? South Carolina. Okay. Where you going? You so you play basketball? Yeah. You can go to the NBA? I'm already in there. Who are you playing for? The Grizzlies. Your new favorite team. Your new favorite team, the Grizzlies. That's the team that ball player, Jarry. That's him. That's him? <laughs> 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 you that boy that? You that boy. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name? John Morant. <gasps> You forgot the right. Andrew, you forgot the tip. I was talking to the waitress. So the uh, the self proclaimed Black Jesus, uh, good for him though, man. I I, I wish I wish we, you could see the video that goes along with that audio and, and the look on it's her face. It's not a great video. It's a grainy cell phone. It video. is, but the look on her face is what I'm going for. And just, you know, the shock, which you could hear it in her voice, but the shock of who he was and the $500 tip, man, those, those kinds of small gestures. I mean, those are, that's a drop in the bucket for him, but those kinds of small gestures go a long ways for individuals like that, that are struggling. And it just, we got a lot of feel good stories tonight, don't we? I like it. This is why I don't like it. More positivity. I don't like that. Oh, I don't like on. that. Here we First go. Negative off, Nancy. I'm not being negative on, Nancy. Bro. I'm just keeping it real. First come off, on. 
I, I feel sorry for the Hornets players because you know damn well at training camp in a couple months, Michael Jordan is going to be suited up in this little dry fit muscle shirt with his baggy jean, with his with his baggy shorts, his tube socks, and the newest pair of Jordans, and he's going to go out there and and show up all those guys at practice because someone else went out there and tried to take his Black Jesus nickname. We know how how Michael Jordan takes everything personal, and I guarantee you, when he heard John Moran call himself Black Jesus, he he took that very personal. And now Lamelo Ball is going to get dunked on in practice because of John Moran. So I hearts out to all of those in the Charlotte Hornets organization who play for that team because uh, y'all gonna have to deal with some hell at, at the first day of training camp. Second off, I hate when people publicize their charity. I do not like it. You know, I'm cool with you going out there and giving half a stack to your waitress for her service, helping her out. You ain't got to tell us you did it, though. If she wants to go out there and say, oh, John Moran gave me $500 on my tip. Sure, that's cool. Why are you such a hater? Why do you, as the player, got to tell us that you did that? You ain't got to tell us. release the video or the no. audio. No, you ain't got to. No. That, that. Let's be real. Again, you if, you said to yourself that he uh, let that, that video, dude record him. That video looks like it was taken on a flip phone. But that it was, was it was obviously John Moran. Well, yeah, it was obviously John Moran in the video. If I was doing that, and not only that, he was playing it up for the camera. He called himself Black Jesus. Come on now, he was playing it. Up. He knew what he was doing. I, mean, I like it. I he knew it. what he was doing. I do not like when people. Put their charity on camera. He didn't put it on though. Yeah, he did put it on camera. No, he did. He, he was did putting not. it on. He was he was playing it up. He knew what the deal was. We don't need that. We don't need such a hater. Do the charity. You're what's wrong with we this don't, world. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. There's guys like that that are wrong for the world because they are just doing charity so that we'll give them some clout. This was a clout chasing it moment, was not. and we don't need clout chasers out here. You want to do something nice for people? Great. You don't got to tell us about it because to me, it just sounds like you're just doing it so that we'll uh, pat you on the back, and say, "Great job, John Moran, for giving her five hundred dollars." No, I don't like that. Wasn't people, it? people around here trying to spread love and cheer? I'm the world great with that. Here just don't go out here and try to get accolades because you tried to spread some cheer. Don't I just don't understand? You ain't gotta. You ain't gotta go out here and try to get a trophy. For Fine. It. You don't want to. You don't want to talk about anything positive. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' stupid tattoo, his giant nonsense forearm tattoo that he got at the age of 38 years old. His first tattoo. What? What? What are your thoughts on that? Since we can't talk anything positive, let's talk about nonsense. Have you seen the tattoo? I have not seen the tattoo. You need to look it up. I, it, I don't know if he's totally infatuated with this. What, what's, the, what's, what's the gal's name? Blue Ocean or Blue Earth or Heaven <laughs> of the Earth or some nonsense like that. But he is obviously <laughs> entranced. The man is tattooed. I, I see it. All I see kinds it. of. What is this? I mean, look, he's smarter than everyone cool. else. That's actually so, kind of cool, man. I it, like this tattoo. I mean, he's self-proclaimed smarter than everyone else. So I don't why know not get means. a tattoo that shows that? This is what's wrong with the world. If you want, you want to point out something that's wrong, it's this. It's guys like this thinking they're smarter than the rest of us getting tattoos. It's a tattoo. Because he thinks he's smarter. and He's, he's deeper. And I more, think a lot of people get tattoos with deep meanings to them that I mean, we don't I need do. to understand. Yeah, you got them. You got you got some spiritual tattoos all all over your I, body. I, I do, but I, I'm not out here proclaiming that I'm smarter and deeper in thought than everyone else out here. I mean, he, he, he probably shouldn't have put it on. Himself. He probably shouldn't have advertised it on his Insta. Yeah, if you you so you don't want people to advertise 
tipping five hundred dollars to a waitress that needs right. it, but you want. I don't to need. Be out I don't here. need. I don't need Aaron Rodgers to do. It. I'm fine with if he like. He's gonna get asked about it anyways. That's probably why he did it. That's probably why he did. And hey, then, I, and I, I will say this: response of this. This is what pisses me off about this kind of nonsense. His response was. <laughs> It's too deep of meaning. I don't feel like explaining it right now. Maybe down the road, and I'm paraphrasing, but da- down the road, <laughs> I'll, I'll elaborate on what it actually means. Man, just look at tell this. us what the look hell it this. means right I'll now. I'll explain it Why? later, though. Why? Look at I do. I do think that's kind of that's, so, ass that's such nonsense. Look at this thing that's, that's mysterious. Why hate him. <laughs> it's more than that, but yeah, I, I believe oh, it goes me, much I, deeper than that. I understand <laughs> that, and I used to be an Aaron Rodgers lover. Me too. I know. Nah, I, I understand uh, where you're coming from. I'm actually planning on getting a tattoo. My very first tattoo soon. I'm not sure when. What is it? I'm actually thinking about just keeping it safe and just doing the Chiefs logo. It's, it's, it's the a, Chiefs arrowhead it's a, logo. It's a, it's a Vegas. It's a Vegas tattoo. Right? It's not gonna be. Uh, Vegas will be later. I'm gonna get all my my sports teams like tattooed. The Florida Gators. You know, the the Gators will probably be third or fourth. But you realize the problem with that, right? You're going to put these what? sports tattoos. Then you're committed. I mean, I know how you like to flip-flop your fandom. No, I don't flip-flop like my fandom. I'm going to do Chiefs first because so I've been a Chiefs fan commit. for like almost 30 years now. I haven't flipped. The le- the only time I've ever flipped teams was when I flipped from the Kings to the Suns in 07. That's it. And I, I quit the I quit the Jayhawks because I, I quit college you, basketball. What? <laughs> I pissed off some KU fans last no sec, last uh, in the last yeah, hour when they found out I quit. I quit rooting for, for Jayhawks basketball. This is nonsense. All right, last but not least, I mean, let's just go ahead since since we're we're dealing with negative Nancy over here. Let's just end it on the same note. Uh, New Orleans, and this is uh, has local ties here. New Orleans Pelicans uh, newly signed Devonte Graham arrested for DUI. Uh, last night, this morning-ish, uh, after just signing a brand-new four-year deal with them. So uh, there's that. Look, there is that. You are a person that makes millions of dollars a year. Pay a driver. Get an Uber, have a private driver, something like that. You should never be in that situation, ever. If you have a lot of money... You should never have to worry about driving under the influence. Seriously, never. He he literally just signed a four-year, $47 million contract. $47, $47 million. million. Almost $12 million a year. 36.3 of which is guaranteed. 36 point. Whoa, wait. It wasn't fully guaranteed? It's uh, the three years, three of the four years, 36.3. Oh, so guaranteed. it's like an option for the fourth year? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. I was about to say, I was like, usually those contracts are fully guaranteed. Seriously, though, you should always, if you make that kind of, and I know the government takes like half of it once you're like in the million dollar Depending on tax bracket. Where you're at, yeah. You should still, that's plenty of money. If it's like, what, t- over 20 million after tax, you should still have plenty of money to afford a driver. I don't know why these guys keep messing up by driving around under the influence. So many athletes do it. I hope this man learns his lesson. He was a good kid when he was at, at uh when he was at KU. I think he was there when I was still rooting for him. Maybe it was like af- a little bit after. But he's a good kid. I'm happy for his career because I didn't think he would make it in oh, the yeah. NBA. I mean, like he's that. been balling it out. He's yeah, just he's uh, another victim of the offseason. Bit of an undersized point guard coming into the league. So I was a little worried about him. But I'm happy he's having some success. And and by the way, he does have one of the better mug shots I've seen for Yeah, a, he's got a, a little DUI baby arrest. face. 
Good looking kid. Looking clean. Yeah, looking clean. Some of them, some of them people, especially them coaches. Ooh, when them coaches be getting them rough. mug shots, oh my god, rough. they look like a mess. So you know, at least he was looking, but looking fresh. But dude, you're making millions of dollars, and he was making millions of dollars before that because all those guys in the NBA make really good money. Unless you're like a two way player, you should have no problem getting a driver. The Uber costs, I don't, I don't know what it costs. Where was this at? Was this in New Orleans? This was in, let's see. I probably should have known that. Because if it was in New yes. Orleans, yeah, if it was in New Orleans, like it should be an affordable Orleans, Uber. Yes. I don't think the Uber is expensive there. I think it would compar- be comparable here to what it is in Kansas City. You can get an Uber for like 18 bucks before the tip. So why would you mess up like that, man? Dumb. If you got money, you should never have to worry about getting you a driver, man. Get just pay a friend. Well, he does. I'm I'm sure an NBA team has the resources or makes the resources available. Yeah, they probably got drivers available. Pay for it. Yeah, they probably have a number you call and someone will come pick you up for free. Yeah, you can get Alfred to come over there and pick you up. No, you should never put yourself in that type of situation. Coming up next, I tell you why the Royals' future is brighter than you think. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bank at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. The Jays Southland Toe Service text line is 913-586-7610. Dan and KCK writes about how the Royals were so close in their series against Houston. So, so I, close. I talked about this in the half hour that I did on the drive that you missed the first seven minutes of, Julio. Unnecessary shots tonight. Just, <laughs> you know. About how I'm encouraged by the Royals coming close against a very, very good Houston Astros team as the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL draft take um, Matthew Savoy out of Winnipeg. I'm going to stop letting you do this. Why are you doing this to me? I'm trying. I'm really trying to get into hockey, man. No one else wants to be. I'm trying, man. I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan. I'm trying. Dan also asked, do you think DeAndre Eaton is staying with the Suns and Durant and Irving, uh, where will they go? First off, DeAndre Ayton ain't staying with the Suns. No, the Suns don't want him. They don't want him. They don't want I don't him. blame him either. They don't, I don't blame him either. Not, not, not the kind of money he's looking with that match. No, contract. he's trying to get $174 million nah, over five it. years. Nah, nope. bro. You got to walk. Ooh, bro. You want almost 30. What? What, over $30 million a year? He did not do nearly enough to Can't stay on that. the court? Right. Nah, bro. Keep fouling out? Nah, bro. No, we can't have you. You keep getting a foul trouble against every good big in the game? No, bro. Not paying you that much damn money. Didn't Average get, 16 points and 10 rebounds a game. Didn't you get paid enough in college? They're <laughs> not supposed you're, to go there. You probably, probably didn't make that much money in college. You're not supposed to go there. Probably didn't make that much money. As far as Durant and Irving goes, uh, Durant's going to the Suns and uh, Kyrie Irving's going to the Lakers. False. They will both be there next year. They will not playing be there. Playing for the Nets. They will not be That's there. That's true. Not going to be there. Definitely not happening. And I, I will talk more KD later because there's a uh, Kendrick Perkins out here 
slandering, slandering Kevin Durant. I'll talk more of that later. But I want to talk about the Royals. And I, I did talk about this a couple hours ago, how I thought the Royals had a, a moral victory, if you will, as close as you're going to get. Because I don't really, I don't really think moral victories really matter that much. Because I don't know how many times in sports, especially in football, we've seen one, of, we've seen our Kansas City Chiefs go out there and get that good old moral victory, play a, a team that's much better than them, really close, and then they go out the next week and then they get their ass kicked by a mediocre team. Or lose to a bad team. It happens all the time. Happens all the time in all the sports. Royals have done that where they've won a series against a really good team only to get their ass kicked by a team they should beat if they indeed are good. Happens in the NBA all the time. Moral victories only matter if you can build off of them. So usually they don't. But I feel like this team's got something. Not just from this series, but from what we've seen this year. I feel like they've got something. They've caught on to something. This is a team that I don't think is as far off from being competitive as a lot of people feel. Certainly when we look at the at the team halfway through the season, because now they have played an exact 81 games, 30 and 51 on the year, on pace for 102 losses. Not good at all. They are not on pace to be a very good baseball team. But they still have a lot of talent on their roster. And to me, it is encouraging because we're starting to see some of that talent kind of shine through. We're starting to see some of these guys put it together. Bobby Wood Jr., remember that guy? Two weeks into the season. Never heard of him. Two weeks into the season. Send him back to AAA. Send him back to Omaha because he wasn't hitting. He was hitting below the Mendoza line. I think it was like 140. Send him back down. He's uh, he's going to be damaged goods. He's going to he's he's in his own head. He's going to this that and the other. And what happened? He put it together. Probably been the team's best hitter this year. That's to me a great foundational player you can build around. MJ Melendez. This is a guy that when he was playing with Lexington with the Lexington Legends, was he looked like he was potentially all world as a hitter. Then he gets called, then he goes up to high A, struggles there. Iffy in double A. Iffy in triple A a bit. He's gotten called up. And he has found a way to be one of the more important players for the Royals. At the at the plate for them. This is a kid that just got called up, and he's already starting to make a name for himself as a hitter. Is he a great hitter now? No. Bobby Wood's not a great hitter right now. But they're showing that they have the ability to be great hitters if they continue to improve. They're showing that potential. Pasquantino is a guy that a lot of people are are high on. Cody made a song about that kid. Everybody was like, yeah, it was a good song too. It was a good song. That's, it's that 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 uh, rotator that's asking who should sing, uh, who should sing the "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." We on, all know. We all know. <laughs> Cody has to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" at at six ten day at the K, which is, uh, I think it's a doubleheader that day, so it's the second game that night, seven ten first pitch. We will be there. You're gonna be there, Julio, right? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, you should. You, Maybe. Should, you Maybe. should. You should try to be there. It'll be fun. We got we got good seats. Everybody's gonna be there, so you got to be there. All right. 
But Cody should absolutely do it because he made a great song about Pasquantino. And Pasquantino, first hit in the majors, home run. That's kid you could probably build around. Same thing goes for Nicky Lopez, who I think last year finished with the best batting average on the team. Even though early on in his career he kind of struggled to hit, all of a sudden last year he put it together. Nick Prado, who hasn't gotten called up yet, but was announced today to be in the uh, in the minor leagues all-star game later this month. And you also got this kid named uh, Edward Olivares, who's actually been one of the team's best hitters this season. He's only played, he's played less than a month because he's had some injury issues and whatnot, but he's come back and he's hitting pretty well. This is a team that has a nice foundation of talent in their lineup. And they don't need to have, like, I know a lot of people are getting on these guys because of the pitching. And I understand that because, frankly, it is a little concerning about where the pitching is going. Cody Tapp interviewed J.J. Piccolo, general manager for the Kansas City Royals, and he asked him about issues with some of these young starters uh, not being able to go deep in games and how they're addressing that and what their hopes are for the future with these guys. Obviously, the team, J.J., has gotten a lot younger here over these last few weeks. I see progress with the starters, but it still comes with, like, I guess that that block or that threshold of, hey, they look good. Brady Singer throws nine strikeouts and four and two-thirds, but why only four and two-thirds? Is that the, the the big leap left remaining for almost all of your young starters? Because it feels like they're all hitting that same wall. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, you know, Brady was cruising along pretty good the other day. We had a fairly long top of the fifth, and then he's not able to get through the bottom of the fifth, which certainly is disappointing. And, and our expectation is that our pitchers need to get through that inning, uh, a lot like Jonathan Heasley did yesterday. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make any excuses for Brady. I'm sure he's, he'll be the first one to tell you he needs to be, be able to navigate through that inning and get a win, you know, and really get through. He was in a position to go six innings. Uh, and then all of a sudden he piles up a lot of pitches in the bottom of the fifth and he doesn't get through the fifth. Um, so it's, it's something, you know, we can see a little bit of a pattern. You know, it seems to be they're getting deeper into games. I don't know if it's a lack of focus, uh, maybe getting ahead of themselves, thinking about their pitch counts. There's so many different things that can come into a young guy's mind. And, uh, you know, just being able to stay focused and take one out at a time, one batter at a time, and get through that fifth inning, then get into the sixth inning. You know, very similar to what he did the previous start you know, against Oakland. I know it ended up being a loss, but he navigated that game really well. Uh, it's just a matter. He's got to repeat it, uh, as, as do all of those starters. And I understand the concerns about this young pitching rotation. you got a lot of young guys that were drafted 2018, brought up pretty quickly because they, you know, a lot of those guys pretty much showed that they were better than most of the guys that they were pitching to at the, uh, at the minor league level. And these guys have shown flashes of what they can do. We saw that from Bubich today, four and two thirds. First four innings, scoreless. Didn't have any problem getting through. Well, I mean, he, had, he did have a little issue getting through it. But um, he was still able to get through those innings without any damage whatsoever. Then you get to the fifth inning, and all of a sudden, things unravel. But we've seen these guys find ways to get out of jams every now and then. It's just a matter of consistency. But I'm not concerned about the pitching rotation, at least not right now. And the reason why is because you don't need all these guys to go out there and turn into great starters. 
Do you remember that the World Series team that uh, the the Royals had in 2014, 2015? They didn't develop very much of that starting pitching. Most of those guys were guys that they acquired either via uh, trades or by free agent signings. Those were not guys that they they built around because they were brought up through the system. I think Giordano Ventura and Danny Duffy were the only guys on those teams that were guys that they that they actually developed through their systems. Most of those guys that they brought that they had on their roster were guys that they acquired via trade, free agency. James Shields, um, Edinson Volquez, Jeremy Guthrie. Those were guys that they either acquired via trade, free agency. They did not develop them, and they were important to this team's success. Remember Jeremy Guthrie, who was probably the worst starter in their rotation those two years? Acquired via the Jonathan Sanchez trade. Jonathan Sanchez was a terrible starting pitcher for this team. They went out and they traded him uh, to the Rockies, got back Jeremy Guthrie. Guthrie was, I mean, they he could he gave them way more than they could have hoped for. Way more. Really good veteran guy, great presence in the locker room, and when they needed him to show up in the playoffs, he did. He'd give them five good innings, and then next thing you know, give it to the bullpen, those guys win the game. Like, that was the situation that you needed from your starting bullpen, I mean, from your starting rotation. You didn't need a great rotation. The Royals will probably never have a great rotation unless they just go out there and they just kind of look into the situation that the Mets had when the, the Royals played the Mets in 2015 where you had Matt Harvey, you had Noah Syndergaard, you had Jacob deGrom. Teams generally don't have that. Most teams out there have to acquire those guys via trade, signing them via free agency. You just don't see teams go out there and just develop a whole staff of great pitchers. It's so hard to do that. The Royals just probably need to hit on like a couple of these guys as really good to great starters. And then they can kind of supplement where they want. Because not all those guys were are going to be great starting pitchers anyways. Two or three of those guys probably going to end up in the bullpen. And that worked for the Royals. Because the Royals had a bunch of failed starters in their bullpen that year. Remember Luke Hoshaver? Luke Hoshaver was the number one overall pick the year he was taken. He was a failed starter that turned into a very strong sixth inning guy. Then they went out and they had Greg Holland. Greg Holland was a guy that they started down in single A as a starter and then eventually moved him to the bullpen. Same thing goes with Kelvin Herrera. Same thing goes with Wade Davis. Wade Davis actually wasn't in their minor league system. He was one of the players that was traded in the James Shields trade, but he was a failed starter. In 2013, he was probably the worst starter in Major League Baseball that year. 2014, they moved him to the pen. He was great. That's what this team needs. They just need a couple of guys to pan out as starters, and then the rest of the guys, they can push back. And they can find ancillary pieces, ancillary guys here and there, That'll just, as long as they're decent, they can win. They don't need to have a bunch of great pitching throughout their rotation because, frankly, most teams don't. Especially now, there was an article that Jeff Passan put out, I think it was yesterday, talking about the decline of starting pitching. Right now, the average starting pitcher is going just barely over five innings a game. The average starting pitcher is pitching 84 pitches a game. So you don't really need a great starting rotation. You just need one that's solid. Maybe you got you a a a, a real like a num- a real good ace, and then like after that, maybe a good number two, and then your three through five guys are guys that can just 
put in five, six innings, two, three run ball, you know, that's good enough. And if you can get that from your starter and then you can go to your bullpen and they can lock out the other team, that right there is good enough for a team that can hit to be able to win a lot of baseball games. The Royals can do that. They just have to find the right guys. They, they just need to develop their pitching in order to be able to do it. And they don't need all these guys to develop. So I'm actually very optimistic about the Royals' uh, chances of being able to turn this thing around. Probably not going to happen next year. Maybe 2024. Maybe 2024, these guys get some time under their belt in the league. And next thing you know, they turn into a team that can compete. I think it's very possible that this team could turn things around. Coming up next, I tell you why I don't think the Chiefs are going to be making any big-time moves the rest of the offseason. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Dude, I haven't heard this song in such a long time. You're welcome. <laughs> you always got to be careful with with rap songs because you got to find an edited version. I listened to the first minute, so we're we're good. okay. We're good. We're good. We're good. That's always been the tough part about playing, especially if you're playing off of YouTube. Like, yep. it's always tough. That's probably why they didn't allow us to uh, to play real music for. For how long? No, they just didn't want. To, they just didn't want to put it. Yeah, I know. We're cheap like that. That's fine. I don't blame them. They save your money. I do. I do. That's my job. I mean, I would prefer it the other way, but I understand. Not my money. So I know that this kind of will annoy some Chiefs fans, and as a Chiefs fan, it's not. I mean, I've come to grips with it. It's not how I would I'd do it. The Chiefs ain't making any other moves besides signing Orlando Brown Jr. Should they do it? Because I'll tell you this. Something tells me that, I, like, don't be shocked if Orlando Brown Jr. doesn't get the deal that he wants and just decides to hold out. It's not the best deal for him. It'd be a really bad situation. Because if he decides he's not going to play this year and he's not going to sign uh, his, his franchise tag, he's just going to waste a year of his prime. But don't be shocked by that. I would. I would be shocked by that. You know, he didn't hire an agent until like two months ago. So I, I, don't I would think, be shocked by that. I don't think he proved enough last year to warrant him being able to sit out and still think he's going to get sit out an entire year and still think he's going to get paid as the top left tackle in the NFL. It's I, just not. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. As, as a matter of fact, uh, this is actually something that is going to be so important for the for the Chiefs over the next uh over the next week now is what are they going to do about Orlando Brown Jr. because frankly they're in a in a if they do want to make moves they they're going to need some cap space if they're going to make a big move and it would be very nice if they could clear some space by signing uh Orlando Brown Jr. to a long-term deal, getting some of that cap relief, and then being able to make some moves. If they were going to make a move. But I, I, the reason why I don't think this is happening is because I don't think that it's a priority because I don't think the Chiefs really think they need to make a whole lot of moves. 
Look at what they've done with their cornerback position the last few years. They were perfectly okay with Charverius Ward being their best option at corner. Even though we all knew that in all likelihood, he was going to leave in free agency this offseason. They're like, ah, well, we'll just get a compensatory pick and we'll use that to go get another one. I don't think the Chiefs are the kind of team that looks at losing really good players and think that's a real big negative. They were willing to trade away Tyreek Hill. Now, they got a hell of an offer to do it, but they decided we would much rather trade away our best wide receiver and get lottery picks than have a guy you know is going to have a great year. They would. They decided that that we would much rather have some flexibility to make some moves next year or two years down the line than to have a for sure thousand yard receiver. They decided that they were like we're cool with having Juju Smith Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and McCole Hardman. They're very confident in their moves. I don't think that this is a team that thinks that they need to do anything else drastic. They're perfectly okay going into the season with a lot of unknowns. They trust their moves. So to me, I think it's very likely that all they do is try to sign Orlando Brown Jr. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. We'll just, you know, move Luke Niang over to left tackle or move or slide Joe Tooney out to left tackle and then have Andrew Wiley play left guard. Like they, this is a team that is very confident in their flexibility to do a lot of things. I don't think this team is, is, is going to feel bad if they don't pay Orlando Brown Jr. If he decides not to play this year and waste a year of his prime, they're perfectly okay with that. So I, I, I got a question for you because it, it really bugs me that he waited this long to sign. So I, I just want to understand his line of thinking. So he waited this long to sign an agent and he wanted an agent that wasn't familiar with the NFL and the NFL process of, of negotiating contracts and such. Why go that route when your ultimate goal is to be the top paid left tackle in the game? Like, why Why would you hire? Like, I feel like you're setting your agent up for failure if that's your ultimate goal. If your goal is just to get paid and it's just a standard negotiation and you're going to fall somewhere in the middle and there's not going to be so much quabbling and it, it, it just kind of is what it is, then I can see you hiring somebody from the outside and, and there's – but when you're in that type of situation and that's your ultimate goal, why go with somebody that has no familiarity with the process itself? Because I think that he overvalues himself and he needed someone that was going to be like, okay, yeah, that sounds right. You're worth that. I don't think so. He wanted somebody to agree with him. basically. Right. He needed someone that believed sense, I guess, that yeah. believed in what he believed. Look, this is a guy that refused to go back to right tackle when Ronnie Stanley got healthy for the Ravens because when Ronnie Stanley got hurt in 2020, he slid over from right tackle to left tackle. Why? Cause that's the money position on the offensive line. He was like, I'm going to get paid like a big time star. Cause Laramie Tunsil went out and got $20 million from the Texans. The Texans went out there and just blew the market up by trading a bunch of first round picks for Laramie Tunsil and then paying that man $20 million a year, which is ridiculous for a left tackle. They decided they were going to do that, and so that set the market for these players. And now Orlando Brown Jr. saw that and was like, I'm worth that much because I am 
a, a great player. Or I, I have the ability to be a great player. That's what he believes. And I'm cool if he believes that. I very much, if you believe you're worth a certain amount, as long as one team out there is willing to pay you that much, that's what you're worth. The problem, though, is I don't think there's going to be a team out there willing to pay Orlando Brown Jr. that much damn money. Like, let, let's be clear. The ability to be great versus being great are two completely different things. Laramie Tunsil is, is a He's top a great, five tackle. He's a, a great, great tackle. tackle. Great. He earned that paycheck. You can't come into a situation like this not having proven yourself given the chance to prove yourself and not set yourself. I mean, he didn't distinguish himself as a truly great left tackle. So why you think you can come into these negotiations expecting to get paid the way that you're expecting to it just that line of thinking is just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not logical. I agree with that. And I, I think that there are a lot of times where guys are a little overconfident in their ability and to me, that seems to be the situation now. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. What could happen here with the Chiefs and with Orlando Brown Jr. is that he decides he's not going to play this year, which would be a terrible decision. Just take the money. Just take your $16 million on the franchise tag, play a year, prove your worth $20 million a year, and get your money. Because the Chiefs would be willing to pay him that much money if they thought he was worth it. And maybe they do think he's worth it. They're just trying to work out like they don't the <laughs> work out the they guaranteed don't. money. Maybe that's the case is guaranteed money. Cause you know, it's probably going to be like a five year deal that can, they can get out after three. If they that's thought it was worth it, they would have paid him already. I don't know. Maybe they're playing, you know, the no. chiefs are to play hardball a little bit, but I, I do think that if the chiefs thought he was worth that much money, they would totally pay it right they now. Willing to pay Tyreek that money. Who has proven well, they, himself they, as they, a top they three. They wanted to have some flexibility. I mean, they thought they were like, he's, t- he's 28 on, years old. Like, you know, he's gonna be old in like two years. We gotta, you know, we gotta, but like in the case of, of Orlando Brown jr is like right now, we don't, I mean, maybe, t- maybe Tooney can slide over and he'll be fine. But we don't know that they will be fine with Tooney at left tackle. We don't know that. We think that, but we don't know that. And that's the reason why I think he's very confident that a a deal will get done because he thinks that I can force their hand because as he said on NFL total access a few weeks ago, Oh, I don't, I don't think they want to play with a backup tackle this season. Like he, he seems to be very confident in his abilities. And I, I commend that. I just don't think the chiefs are one of these teams that you can really try to hold hostage like that. Like the chiefs, it, when it came to Tyreek Hill trying to do the same thing, because he totally would have done it. If Tyreek would not have gotten a contract extension from the Chiefs, he would have held out because Drew Rosenhaus is his agent, and we already know how Drew Rosenhaus operates. He totally would have held out. The Chiefs were not going to play around with that. And Tyreek Hill is a for sure star in the game. He is a proven commodity, a proven great player, and they were willing to move him because the value was there. I don't think that Orlando Brown Jr. would get the contract that he thinks he can get from someone else. I just don't. And I think that's why the Chiefs might be willing to call his bluff. And I think the Chiefs are very confident in that. That's someone the reason why would they pay him that. I don't, like, I don't like, think like not that, some, not that some much. dumb organization like the Texans <laughs> or the Browns <laughs> or the Panthers or that's a lot of damn money to pay a for a left tackle. Stupid there. teams that would someone would pay him that money. I don't know that. The man. Chiefs are not that organization. I just though. don't. I don't know if that's the They're case. Too good of an organization, and they don't need him. There's only like one tackle that's making over twenty million dollars. Like, I mean, uh, I think it's. I think it might be Trent Williams. 
Trent Williams could make. Did you know that Trent Williams is the first offensive lineman to get a 99 rating on Madden this year? I mean, he's it's like the best 33, of the best, 34. Yeah, he's the reason he, why he got paid the way he got paid. Yeah, he got paid in a, a ridiculous amount of money, and and I don't I don't blame him for that. But like, unless you're Trent, like Trent Williams, I think is the only 20 million dollar a year left tackle besides like Larry Meetunsel. Like those are the only two guys who are making that much money a year. No one else is making that much money. And Orlando Brown Jr. thinks he's with those guys. I, I think the Chiefs are willing to call his bluff on that. And I don't think there's there's any team out there, even the worst teams, the dumbest teams, the Jaguars, they would not be willing to pay him that much damn money. They'd rather go spend that money on a receiver or something. I mean, they were the ones that paid Christian Kirk $20 million. I don't think they would pay a left tackle that much money. If they're willing to play I don't think they're willing to. Christian Kirk that kind of money, I think they would be willing to. I don't think they would be. Coming up next, I tell you why I am not a fan of all this conference realignment. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.